Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. How are we doing? How's everything? I think we should shamelessly plug two shows here right at the top, uh, okay. which are The Young Rock and <laughs> <laughs> wait, is there a the? What was that? Is there a the? It's just Young Rock. I think it's just Young Rock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. What a mom I am. Uh, everybody go watch The Young Rock. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then for heaven's sake on Paramount Plus. Oh, right. Yeah, that's are, exciting. Yeah, they're shows that our boyfriends are working on, you guys. So everybody, please go watch them so that they can keep uh, being nice to us. Mm-hmm. Please, 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 please. <laughs> uh, and then also another thing about production is before we get into everything, I've mentioned that there is a season of RuPaul that's on right now that is so good and I'm really enjoying it but then this week instead of doing a regular episode they did a uh, little mini documentary called Corona Can't Keep a Good Queen Down and it's just a behind the scenes look at how they pulled off filming a season in the middle of quarantine and the pandemic and it's super fascinating so if you're curious at all about like how production is even being made possible this does a really really cool look into everything it's a little it could get a little depressing because it does sort of take you back into this past summer and uh the cast like being flown out and like trying to make the show happen in a really dark and scary time but it uh is just it's 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 really helpful to see how how they're pulling everything off and it really shows what like impressive heroes the crew is being and how everybody is being so safe um it's a lot of what we're doing on dave except that there is like even more uh i think obstacles that this cast is facing because they have to get these queens with these like huge costumes and all of these like amazing set pieces from point a to point b while they're still covered in like the proper ppe without like affecting the makeup and the wardrobe and wow it's just really impressive and it's not dissimilar from how they get actors on Dave from point A to point B, except when they do it with me, they don't walkie-talkie each other and say, queen flying in, queen, queen flying in, <laughs> as I wish that they did. Um, and they also talk about, they and I'm, and I'm sure they did something similar for The Bachelor, and we sort of see it, but when they fly the cast out, they put them in their hotel rooms for two weeks, and they cannot leave at all. And they slide a red folder under their door with like a menu and like forms for them to fill out. So you see the cast talk about like starting to go a little insane and like looking forward to just this red folder being slid under their door because wow. it's the only like form of human contact. That and watching the news. Like how fucked oh my up God. is that? So they are so freaked out. They don't have their phones. All they could do is watch the news and Wait, like. Wait, why in don't their they have their room. phones? They take their phones away because it's a super, it's like a super secretive. That's always been the case with Drag Race. But the, you know, quarantining two weeks before is not. Um, They talk about getting the Q-tips up their nose every day, which is another thing that we do for Dave. Um, How do they, 
how do they keep their makeup in place when they have to like cover their face i'm assuming before they get to set did they talk about that no so they they do they have like so when we're on we're obviously not wearing like insane beautiful multi-level like theatrical makeup on dave so i do put on like a cloth mask and then i put on a like a shield and it seems like when the queens are walking after when they're like going to the runway they hold with their hands two shields in front of them and then there's a big piece of plexi like glass like basically like a huge windshield that then two pas will hold on either (laughs) side and walk in front of that person it looks like it's like a crazy fucked up like like hazmat suit thanksgiving day parade it looks crazy but they pull it off Holding it, then I guess it's less rubbing than like looping it around your ears. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I like just that. like holding it in front of your face. And so there's and w- even while they're shooting, they have like all of the camera, the camera crew is over six feet away and they are also behind like a fucking plexiglass thing. They had to make the workroom for Drag Race, which is like kind of an iconic set, uh, like twice as big. And Rue has to stand, like, more than six feet away from everybody. It's really – it's just really bananas. Um, And if – it just answers a lot of questions about protocol during this time. And it's it's amazing to see, like – art fucking find a way um, <laughs> you know there was like no way and they also did a a little a little bit of it was about how the end of last season was on webcams like they had to shut down mm-hmm. and not be able to film the season finale of the last season they did it all like on zoom and uh it is just you know everybody's figuring it out and it's just a cool little documentary and so those are the three shows that i am plugging at the top of our episode <laughs> Is Great. the Young Rock for heaven's sake and RuPaul Corona can't keep a good queen down. Thank you and good night. Uh, how are you, Alyssa? <laughs> I'm good. I was mad at this episode of The Bachelor this week. I feel bad whenever I am disappointed in something we're watching because I feel like, you know, our relationship to our listeners is to come on here and hype shit up and talk about how fun it is. And so whenever I have mm-hmm. to come and say, like, this was fucking boring again, I, you know, I feel guilty. But, like, I really feel like we could have done without this entire episode. Like we didn't learn anything from any of the footage they've showed us. They've showed, what is it? Shown? Showed? Showed us? Um, And I don't know. It was like bad fear factor uh, with a, you know, racist apologist. I just don't know like what. It's so, I mean, I'm sure everybody saw online that the internet was like, ripping abc for being like this was filmed on february 4th <laughs> like before <laughs> we had no the mechanism was already in the works we couldn't pull the episode before chris harrison like made a fool of himself so um i don't know what and did you we're think like of it? yeah you could have pulled the episode yeah you though. definitely could have i literally would have watched a rerun of ari dumping becca like it's no fine. I, yeah <laughs> anything i would have watched truly anything else i really it was not good and the um Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we seen, we've seen bloopers, we've seen deleted scenes. There was two group dates that were out of the just season. completely and then, deleted. And, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? And maybe that was just episodes that they spent, again, more time and I think too much time on the like drama in the house. But it was just bizarre to see, oh, these are like group dates that you missed. I thought that that was strange. Also, um, Tasha was never... in it and we never saw any of that. Yeah, yeah. What who 
it was someone like on leave during this season and someone else stepped in and figured it out. It kind of seems like, again, remember when, when the, the, the promos for Claire were so bad and mm-hmm, we were like, mm-hmm. was an intern just sort of given their shot and then they bungled the whole thing? Like this, this just seems like a real hot mess. The one thing that I will say is I've been complaining about how I don't know anything about Matt. I don't care about Matt. These last few episodes, I don't really give a fuck. I don't feel invested in the top four women. I don't feel invested in him or anything about his journey. And this show, at its at its best, highest level of trickery, has made me feel that before. Like, I remember being on pins and needles with, like, who Hannah Brown was going to pick at this point in the game because I was like, I know that this guy is good for her, but I know that she thinks that this guy is better. And I was really, like, I was fucking in. And so they can do that, and they just completely fucking fumbled it. But what I will say is that the hardest piece of evidence, (laughs) pun intended, that Matt is in love with someone, mm-hmm. is Matt getting a boner for Serena P stepping out of that hot tub. Mm. I feel as though he is in love with her. And I know I am mm. tanking myself right now, and I am pro Alyssa's bracket, but love is love. And he <laughs> cried when he saw her. He cried and he got a boner. And that's love. If a man is crying when he sees you and getting a boner when he sees you, <laughs> he's in love with you. They're animals. It's that simple. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's an incredible scientific observation. (laughs) Um, I just want to quote something that was said last week on the podcast when I said the same exact thing, which was, wow, do your arms hurt from that reach you just made? When I said he's in love with Serena P, I win. Like, I I know I I eat my hat, Alyssa. (laughs) I could not you could not be more right because he loves her. And I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a a proposal that is akin to Peter proposing to uh, (sighs) Hannah Ann. That's just like kind of uncomfortable and going through the motions. I don't think they're going to be together at the final rose. I think that he is in love with Serena I have also read online rumors about him. This is so funny. Did you see that Heather was in the crowd, but they edited her out of the women tell all? There's like some people who think that now they're dating. (laughs) Oh, no. Wouldn't that be just so funny? I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true at all. I think people really just ran with sort of making a conspiracy theory about her being there, but then being edited out. Um, But that would really hilarious yeah I think Matt like showed up to this and was like knowing that he probably isn't with Rachel anymore and wanted to like see feel it out with Serena P and she was like I'm just so glad that we can you know end on such a positive note and you can really find the person for you and he's like fuck (laughs) yep 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 uh yeah but I uh are we doing so I'm confused is next week fantasy suites and the finale Oh, I have no or idea. Or is it two weeks from now? Okay, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Usually they do like a Monday, Tuesday, right? Yeah, that's why I had texted you because I thought that Fantasy Suites was also this week. And so that made me even more disappointed when I found out that wasn't true and that all I had to do, like, I'm sorry, you're going to put up that shit ass episode of women like digging in a bowl of worms for an engagement ring they don't get to keep and tell me that's it? Bullshit. Yeah. 
I have one um, more small beef with the episode. When they had to do the like pancake eating contest, I counted how many mm. pancakes there were and it was like six. And I was like, can everyone just settle down? <laughs> like you can eat six <laughs> pancakes. It's okay. Like you don't have to be like, oh, oh, uh, it's the most, uh, oh my God. It's like eating cement. I'm like, it's six. I could, if I was stoned, I could easily eat six pancakes. <laughs> oh, happily, happily. Yeah. Sorry. That's not anyway. a normal amount of, that's very funny that's true <laughs> um, <laughs> what should we talk about now housewives i want to get into housewives i am really stoked to talk about new jersey um what did you think of this episode oh my god it was so fun i just this world is so foreign to me and problematic but i also love it like i love that there's like a guys <laughs> versus girls vibe going on i love that they're like pranking each other First of all, I'm impressed with how well Teresa can lie. I mean, I feel like, look, a lot of this was, you know, Joe was probably in on it. I'm sure he probably thought, like, if my wife was really cheating on me, I don't think my sister would tell me on camera. Like, mm. you know, or over the phone while they're on a girl's trip. And so, but I was just impressed with how good at, like, creating a whole situation she was. And him talking in Italian was so funny. And the girls just, like, dying while she was making it up. I just thought it was, like, a really nice moment in a show where there's a lot of, like, you know, bad vibe, uh, trying to kill each other <laughs> stuff. Um, do you think that you could do, could you do that? Could you do like a fake phone call to Tony and be like, Taylor is cheating on you? No, I am such a horrible liar. I feel like we've been through this. <laughs> it's just, it gives me so much anxiety. I hate playing like, you, have you played the game Among Us at all? Uh, the no. like little alien game where you have to like guess who the murderer is. It's the same thing as like mafia. Any game mafia, where you have to yeah. guess if like someone is the murderer and everyone else is getting killed. I am so bad at lying and Mike always knows when I'm lying. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't do it. I'll I'll just like be silent when I'm the murderer. And then on the next turns I'll be like, I have to be more silent when I'm not the murderer so that it doesn't seem like I'm only silent when I'm the murderer. It's very bad. I don't have whatever gene that is. Are you a good liar? I, I think I'm an okay liar. I think that in this uh in this scenario I would be like smiling and I and I think anybody would be able to hear me smiling. Like Teresa really nailing the like yeah, and then they went on a walk. They like started talking and now they're on a walk around the restaurant and she's just like the conviction that she has, you could hear it in her voice that she's her performance was amazing. And if I was to call Mike and be like <laughs> So Alicia, like I would just be like giggling. <laughs> Mike would be like, "What are you drunk?" And I'd be like, "No, she's cheating on you, Mike. It's crazy. I'm so sorry." Like, <laughs> and you're like, "And you think it's funny?" I also yeah. think that like Teresa has probably, you know, for a good chunk of her life, wished that this would happen because you know their history, like Melissa and Teresa's history, is not so great. And so it's probably mm -hmm. not hard for to for her to imagine like in what scenario she would go report Melissa to her brother, essentially. Excellent point. Excellent point. That's Let's talk true. about this uh, virginity situation. I thought it was really yes. interesting that none of the women would say, which is clearly for their daughters, like none of the women yes. would say what age they lost their virginity, which I think is so funny. Didn't Margaret said 15? Oh, she did? Yeah, Margaret was the first one to get the ball rolling. And then she was like, okay, so I had sex with my boyfriend at 15. And everybody was like, oh, my God. And then they cut <laughs> to all the women. And every other woman was like, I'm not going to fucking say. But it is a, it's a great – I love scenes like this because – 
when you get all of the women together and a lot of them are moms and they start just having a really honest discussion about how they're going to handle the birds and the bees talk with their kids. It was it was a safe space for them all to kind of have a different take because some of them were like, I'm just going to wait until they come to me and then I'm going to answer their questions, but I'm not going to go like barging into their room and demanding to sit down and yada yada. And then other women were like, no, I'm having like when she gets a boyfriend, she wants to spend time. Then we're going to have the talk. And then finally, Melissa was like, I don't know why I'm even planning this whole thing. She could just Google it anyway. They could all just go Google it. Now we couldn't Google it when we were kids. And now they're, they're just fucking Googling it. And it's so cute to see like that this is a big, you know, obstacle and milestone for for a parent raising a daughter or a kid in general. Um, so it's just cute to watch them all like do go over the pros and cons of like actually talking about sex with your teenager. And who was it? Melissa threw uh, Melania under the bus <laughs> and said that Melania went up to her and was like, don't worry. So your daughter's boyfriend is so great because he's not pressuring her to have sex. And everyone is having sex Tia Melissa. Everyone. I thought that was like, so Ooh. cute. I thought that was so funny. Tia Melissa. Is everyone wa- yeah. is having sex and Zach doesn't even pressure her at all. Like it's so I just it's very high school. It's very cute. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, did you ever have the sex talk? I don't remember my mom, if she ever hears this, she'll be like, I did give it to you, but (laughs) I don't remember it. I just remember, remember, yeah. I don't remember like an actual, um, a chat about like the mechanics of it, but I do remember a conversation about birth control that was kind of the most that I learned about it. And it was like. So not necessarily – I remember one gross phrase my mom kept using that, like, to this day, I'm getting – my skin is crawling. But she was, like <laughs> – she started the birth control chat, like, pretty young, like, when I wasn't interested in having sex. But she was, like, I just want you – like, the second it starts to feel like something that you want in your life, you need to come to me so we can talk right. about birth control and potentially get you on it. And I was, like, okay, gross, but no. And then she was, like, Taylor <laughs> – this can really sneak up on you. You never know what's going to happen in the heat of the moment or the throes of passion. I love it. The heat <laughs> of the moment or throes of – and I'm like – I have like a unibrow and like the most aggressive <laughs> acne in the world. I like have – like in a sports bra. I was like, I, this is the worst thing for your mother to tell you. So then I really shut down any further conversation. But what, How old my were mom. you, do you think? Uh, that was – I was a freshman in high school. School. Okay. All and right. It, That's appropriate. So, yeah. Yeah. Because then you're around kids. So even if it's like, you know, I was and I was doing theater. So I was hanging out with kids who like were older than me and had yeah. driver's licenses or were even seniors. So I think and fucking theater kids and band geeks are as sexual as it can get. So I think she was just kind of getting ahead of that. And she handled it great. I think I have a healthy relationship with with both sex and birth control. But of course, at the time, my skin was like crawling. Yeah, for sure. I think. You know, I think 15 is, like, a little too late to be, like, maybe I should start talking about this with my daughter. Like, I remember kids in eighth grade doing stuff, which is so young. But it's, like, you got to – my thing has always been, like, it's hard, I'm sure, but – if you're not going to talk to your daughter about it, the boy that wants to fuck her is going to tell her stuff that's not true. So, like, yes. you should probably just arm her with some better info so at least mm-hmm. she can make some informed decisions. I just feel like kids are going to have sex whenever they want to have sex, and there's not a lot you can do about it. And so the birth control thing is super important for sure. My mom did the same thing where it was like, look, 
I can't really stop you from doing anything you're going to do, but, like, I can make sure you hopefully don't get pregnant way too young. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I – but I just – and then it's, like, so funny. You find out – you think your mom is, like, so – you know, rigid about all this shit. And then you find out later, like, oh, you lost your virginity at the same age or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And she's like, that's why I'm worried. That's why I'm freaked out. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I just, I think, uh, I think, I think the longer everyone can wait to have sex, the better. I, I was like, I thought it was cool that Melissa lost her virginity at 18. That feels like a good age for sure. Yeah. And she was proud of it. She was like, I'll tell you right now. It was 18. <laughs> I like literally have no idea how you get your kids to wait that long. I did not wait that long. And I certainly don't think that it was a good choice. So (laughs) (laughs) could have undone a lot of issues for me if I had just waited three more years. That's all I'm going to say about that. I also Um, wonder, this is dark, but like my last thought on the the topic is like we and I and maybe people have always felt this way, just like as humans, but now I feel like I haven't seen a, a person who looks like me when I was 13, 14, 15 in like six years. Like, no, there, it seems like there are no preteens anymore. Like, teenagers yeah. are age, like aging so fast. I know, like, it just feels like they're the access that they have to the fucking internet and to social media and to the Kardashians, like, they are so sexualized so quickly and like have so many tools and resources and that in a lot of ways can be bad and scary. So it's like our people, our teenagers having sex even sooner than they were even earlier than they were before because they have all this shit. I don't know. It's very scary. I have no I idea. Know. I am not let me, let me find a teenager and ask them. <laughs> yeah. I, and you know what? Good luck. It's hard. <laughs> They're hard everywhere. If you just like go out there, there aren't any anymore. There's no teenagers. I know, right? Um, That's crazy. Yeah, well, look, here's the thing. We might have to deal with that someday, and I just hope I have a loser for a child. That's all I have to say, you know? (laughs) I don't want to deal. Look, my mom, I think I've said this on the pod before. She was like, I was, this is why I'm a bad liar. Actually, these two things connect. So I had very strict parents because they wanted to keep me safe, and I pushed the boundaries from, like, eighth grade to the end of ninth grade lying and just like you know being with boys and all this stuff and my mom said to me everything you've ever thought or have done I've already thought and done it I am you don't think you can get anything past me (laughs) and then I just stopped lying after that because she kept catching me doing stuff shit (laughs) that's a game-changing moment that and gave I, me chills I told my mom I've like talked to my mom about it as an adult and she was like thank god that worked because I had nothing left to say to you like I didn't know what I was gonna do if I couldn't keep catching you lying oh my god but it worked I'm a bad liar now so there you go great job mom yeah and a good person so <laughs> thank you, you. She nailed it. <laughs> uh should we talk about this very, very sad and complicated scene in Atlanta to switch gears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also about how much it sucks to be a parent. So it's not completely you know, unrelated. But we see we've like, I mean, the whole time that we've been doing this pod, Kenya has been in the thick of this like really, really dark divorce with somebody who is downright scary. Um, and we see at the end of this episode, Kenya goes to see her lawyer because she is filing for custody of her child and when the lawyer goes why are you filing actually it's not the lawyer it's the producer 
goes, can we just ask, like, why you're fi- filing for custody and not divorce? She answers with, like, listen, our we haven't talked about our relationship in a while. I actually don't know where our relationship is at. So there's hope, which is really heartbreaking to see her say. And then when she's in the office with the lawyer, she's like, I got a text from Mark yesterday. He sent me a romantic playlist and says that he listens to it and thinks of me. And she's like, looking at him with this warm smile, like things are looking good for me and Mark. And then the lawyer looks right back to her, at her and goes, Mark filed for divorce in the state of New York yesterday, and he's asking for alimony. And it is so fucking savage and fucked up. Because first of all, how relatable is that moment where you're really, really, really on thin ice in a relationship all of your friends hate, and then you still find yourself going, oh my God, but... um." He looked at my Instagram story, so there's hope. Like, there's, like, I've been there in that, like, small, small, like, don't you guys look at this ridiculous thing that I am going to just absolutely latch onto and just this, I'm going to eat this alive. And to have to do that in front of a lawyer and on camera on national TV, let's not ignore that. The whole thing just was brutal. What it's also think? just, like so funny though like I I think it really humanizes Kenya because she will go so far in the other direction in situations that are like not worth the you know torture that she's bringing to other people like with this you know Portia possibly sleeping with the stripper situation it just gets Mm -hmm. so out of hand and then you just see her get knocked on her ass and you're like oh okay I do feel bad for her (laughs) like she is someone who's been like deeply hurt and I kind of get why she is the way she is for sure I just like maybe I'm an asshole for saying this but it's kind of like a fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me situation like if you really thought you were gonna get back together with this guy after all this shit and you weren't gonna go through with a divorce like He's kind of doing you a favor by just filing like you don't want to live the, you know, next few years of your life in limbo like this where you're trying to raise a kid. It's clearly over like fuck him for asking for alimony. It it appears to me that he has plenty of income and that you could like amicably co-parent. I did like that. She said, you know, if you're hurting me, you're hurting your daughter. Like I'm your daughter's mother. I think that's something that is very common in divorce. And like not a lot of people vocalize that and not a lot of men think that way. So it's cool to me Mm -hmm. to see it just like plainly said on camera, but like, yeah, what a fucking asshole for just essentially having her served on her show. It's so crazy. It's bananas. It also is such a level of uh, denial that you would have to be in to be out of one side of your mouth, filing for custody of your child which you is not an inexpensive process and not a little deal and knowing that you have to do that in order to secure everything your, your relationship and your safety with your kid but then out of the other side of your mouth being like but maybe we'll get back together it's like you've gotta <laughs> your brain has got to be so compartmentalized to be living under that it, it, under the idea that you're going to get back together with this guy while you're filing for custody of your own it's it's crazy. I, I feel for her. I agree with you that there is a lot of like, girl, come on. Um, and it is whew, just it's too much. It's too yeah, much. I hope that this just like I mean, look, here's the thing. Divorce is very bad and with people like Mark and it's going to be very expensive and time consuming. And I hope she just gets it over as quick as she possibly can. But she's in for 
but she like won't. an exhausting <laughs> ride, you know? So, yeah. but I think it's like, I, I was listening to her talk about him and I was like, if she seriously gets back together with him, like I can't watch that on this show. It's so crazy. Like it's, I, it's, we're done. We're over it. The audience is over mm-hmm. it. And so I'm like, all right, get out of there. Everyone rally around her, give her support, all of that stuff. Um, I did want to say that about this whole Bolo mystery situation, <laughs> Tanya seems to have solved the mystery for us by just volunteering that she spent the night in Portia's room and like it got to the point where Candy who was holding it down for everybody and like not outing what actually happened when she apparently heard the whole thing as well was like I look I can't cover for you if you're going to be that stupid basically yeah, if you're just going to throw yourself under the bus I'm out I'm not doing this anymore yes yeah, so bananas you, it was also such a chaotic night, and there's so much going on. She never had to admit she was in that room, even yeah. if, even if they found pretty soft, if they like deduced and really, really sleuthed their way into the situation, were like Tanya, we really think by process of elimination that you were in this room. She still could have denied being in that room and been like, no, I was sleeping fucking somewhere else. It was a crazy yeah. night. I was on the couch. I was outside. I was in this other room. You don't rem- remember? And it, like, it's so, you never had to come clean. See, this is an example of me being a good liar. <laughs> you would never, ever have to come clean about that situation. And so for her to just go, oh, I well, I, I'll just say it. I was in the room. It's like everybody was shaking their damn head. The only thing I ever liked about Tanya is that I think she had a hibachi table in her house. And after that, I'm like, why is she still on the show? I don't understand. Like, what are we getting from her? It's so strange. And she's just like a little bit. I don't know. I I find her kind of annoying. And then now, I mean, I guess it's good that she's just like volunteering herself as part of this whole situation. It's just weird. Like there were cheating rumors about her fiance last year. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But I'm also just kind of like, okay, Tanya, like you're dumb. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, Tanya, you're dumb. Uh, Can we talk about Summer House? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we should just say really quick, obviously the Carl's brother situation is super, super sad. I feel like they handled it as well as they could have. And it's a little bit tough to talk about this episode with that in the background. Um, But I will say it's wild to watch them find that out, be like, okay, we really have to put things in perspective and live life to the fullest. And then just fucking scream at each other over like their birthdays and like some petty dinner fight. Yeah. (laughs) Within moments. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say about it too really quickly is in the Carl situation reminded me because he has a brother who passes away from addiction that there is, and I only found out about this like a year and a half, two years ago, there is a branch of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous called Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it was on, it might've been featured on Vanderpump or some other show that we have watched, but it is a support group for people who have family members who are dealing with right. addiction. So if anybody out there is in a similar situation to Carl and is like looking for help and your friends also suck like Carl's do on this show, um, I know that a lot of uh, Alcoholic Anonymous meetings have switched to like Zooms and virtual stuff or like meeting at parks. So that is a resource for anybody in that situation that is very cool and helpful. And I also think it's bananas that later that day after Carl loses a brother, Amanda goes, this is the worst day (laughs) in in like, like. Are you fucking serious right now? Like, you cannot cite 
all of the events of that day and lump in Carl's brother's death with your fight with your fucking friend about sort of nothing. I don't yeah. fully understand what's going on. It was really, really, really brutal. Um, not not good. I I wanted to ask your opinion though about this Lindsay Stravi yes. date because it's her it's her birthday and it's and they've been dating for one year. It is COVID, so they can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And he makes, he sets up like a picnic table outside in the backyard and he orders from a restaurant and like sets it all up. What do you think that is enough? <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa? I love it because while I don't like Lindsay and I don't identify with Lindsay necessarily, I do identify with the idea of like, putting so much pressure on something that you ruin it and then every other problem in your relationship comes out, like, that's definitely something I would do. (laughs) I'm just being like, and this is just like the time you did this and this. And, like, Mike Mike is like, if something happened twice, it's a pattern. Like, that's basically how my brain works. Like, I will connect things that nobody else would ever connect. But um, I have to say I love that she wore – the most outrageous dress dress I've ever seen someone try to have a fight in like her tits would not stay in that dress like one it's one dress is movement. a generous word yeah it's like it, it was like strips like titty it strips was, basically <laughs> it was titty strips it was like it was like she was wearing only an infinity scarf yeah. And taped it to her nipples like every was, part of her body was exposed very throwback and, Kristen Doty but like even more extreme, you know? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And and that's going to make you feel more fucking stupid if you are just walking to the backyard to sit at, like, a temporary picnic table. Like, yeah. she was, I don't know what she thought was going to happen, but I, it would make me feel really dumb if I did get fully dressed up, which I actually did one time. I had a boyfriend tell me he was giving me a birthday surprise and to be ready by 7 on, on, like, a Friday. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, did a full fucking beat. I had a full dress. I was, like, dressed to the nines. And then he took me to get, like, a Thai massage. And mm. it was awful. It was, like, At I, 7 like, on a Friday? Yes, Alyssa, which is that why is, would I have thought that? No sense. And it was, like, yeah. it was, like, a, one of those massages where they just, like, kind of beat the shit out of you. Like, they, it's just, like, a woman, like, walking on my back and, like, punching me in the shoulder blade. And all my makeup is, like, rubbing into the table. It was so no. gross. And the expectation versus, like, what you did, it was, like, not a good, not as good of a time as it should have been. So I, it, it made me feel more foolish, like, walking in there with, like, a dress and my makeup all done. And I was, and, like, my it ruined my hair. It was a whole thing. So the fact that she put on this quote unquote dress and then just went outside in the backyard had to already put her in a bad mood. <laughs> and I, but I, left and right. Titty's blowing left can't. and right. The lighting isn't even flattering. She's like too close to the pool. It's like, he, and at first I'm going, what do you expect this guy to do? It's sweet that he like even arranged this. And some guys are, are bad at shit. Like, the, and like, this is a real, real accomplishment for them. What to even, guys like, are good at that shit? That's my question. Well, I'll tell you right now, someone who works in hospitality should be better at it. That's true. That's actually <laughs> that, true. Yeah. Someone brought that up and I was like, oh, that's a good point. If he like works in hospitality, I know that's still pretty broad, but you should, I, as someone who's worked even in a restaurant, I think that I would have a better, a better set of skills to like put a little cute picnic together. Like, well, like, that's you my just, biggest note is like you left the food in the containers like you should have a nice present heat up the food put it on a serving platter you know like silverware there was nothing 
Nothing. And the biggest, the biggest nail in the coffin, because I was like kind of on his side, mostly because I don't like her, but also yeah. because it's fucking COVID. What is he supposed to do? Like, I thought it was a sweet idea that he just like didn't execute as well as he could have, but he should get credit for the idea. And then he brought out that mini, mini champagne bottle. And I was like, no, literally die. I can't. That's the, that's so insulting. For your girlfriend's birthday, you bought like an airplane size fucking champagne. And he was like, I'm going to practice just uh, popping this. And I was like, get out of here. That's so insulting. I can't. I can't. So then They're I just being the like, oh, you got me. So you spent all week planning fish and chips like that would be my first question. That's how I that's where I do see myself and Lindsay, where I'd be like, so what took all week to plan the tablecloth or moving the picnic table over here or delivery from Postmates or I mean, yeah. all of those things I could do tonight right now. Like what? Yeah. I don't understand what the planning was like. That's how I am those, when I'm fighting. Everything was the makings of like. As if, you know, in another world, she had a bad day earlier that day and then he wanted to cheer her up. And then like and then that event would have been special. Like, hey, I ordered food from this restaurant and I like set up this cute little table and I got a little bottle of champagne. Like if it was a surprise, no occasion, just trying to cheer you up or whatever. That's cute. Having weeks to plan. Not cute. Or even if he (laughs) had just like done, you know, sort of a more like the proposal from Monica on friends with like candles and like lights and like a gazebo mm. but made it something like pretty and special. And like, you don't have to have people there cause it's COVID, but you could bring in some like party planning type stuff that they do in their backyard all the time on this show. And that's the other thing yeah. I, I was asking Mike, like, what do you think she was expecting to happen um, even during COVID? And he was like, I think she wanted like a huge birthday party with her friends yeah. like yeah. with you know a fucking inflatable thing and like you know Pictures the other type being of, taken yeah yeah, yeah. and like, i don't know like full-size champagne bottles yeah <laughs> things like that like, that seems like a kind of something you could give someone on their goddamn birthday i yeah. don't yeah oh man that was just that was a fun really a meltdown to watch and then to see him pack up his things and leave without saying goodbye oh my god what made me feel a little bit like this man was looking for an excuse to leave. Like yeah. he was ready to rock. This this was like it felt like the bachelor when they have their bags packed by the door. Like this was a little It just seems like Lindsay came from these relationships where nobody would really commit and be honest with her and make her a priority and they were doing shady shit all the time. So she found this guy that was like fine who like wasn't doing that stuff. But then she got mad that he wasn't, like, extravagant enough for her. And I was like, do you see him? Like, do you see what he looks like? Do you do, Have you spoken to this guy? Like, do you see that he's not, like, really, like, a fancy, like, let me wow you type of vibe? Like, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, here to chill and he has his ponytail and he's, like, on his computer. And that's, I mean, he <laughs> doesn't seem like he'll cheat on you. Seems like he's pretty happy to be with you. And, like, that's, I think you originally signed up for that and that felt really good and now you want something more exciting that's what seems like yeah because she kept going well you're just going through the motions and he's like I'm being a good guy like I'm being a good boyfriend like so and I could see being him and him being like why are you attacking me I'm doing all the right things and you're right she just wants him to go above and beyond it made me mad when she did leave and she like storms inside and she goes 
it's not even like I don't even want presents. And I was like, bitch, pick a yes, lane. You yes, you do. <laughs> you do want presents. And I'm not even mad at you for for fucking wanting presents. That's fine. Like you're it's your birthday. Do whatever the fuck you want. But don't say it's not about the presents. I don't even want presents. You just like ripped this guy's head off because he gave you a Postmates picnic as your birthday dinner. And that's yeah. that's your that's your argument. Stick to it. Ask for presents. I, like that's fine. Oh man. So that's that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm excited to see single Lindsay though, because she creates a lot of fun drama for sure. Yeah, I'm happy that we're getting into this time of her potentially hooking up with Carl. No, she already hooked up with Carl last season, and that was a mess. Okay. And then okay. now she's gonna hook up with Luke. I think. Shut up. Yeah, oh that's okay, what the trailer cool. and like Hannah's crying and she's like, Lindsay already fucked Luke. And the already in that sentence is like so Great. funny to me. I love Great. it. Already. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be even more chaotic than it already is, I think. Um, let's talk about 90 Day. Please. I just have to say Stephanie like trying to stab this or like step on this like little heart I love you balloon or Valentine's Day (laughs) balloon. First of all, it gave me so much anxiety. I was like that plastic thing that's in the middle of that balloon is going to go straight through your foot. And I was so glad that it didn't (laughs) that it didn't pop. And then she just takes the knife and like again shows that she's fully capable of murdering someone and just like stabs (laughs) it unnecessarily too many times. I'm afraid for her. I think she needs to, like, talk to someone. I'm really scared of her life choices. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yes, she does. And is that person not the psychic that she's been calling, Alyssa? Does that no. not comfort you? I feel like it should be someone with a degree who, like, graduated from a medical establishment. Oh. That's what I feel like. Oh, that's confusing. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, 100%. It's amazing when you see there's – there's like two sets of people who are on 90 day and you could see like a little bit is happening with like Rebecca, for example, where there's some people in Rebecca's life who are like really laying down the law of just logic and trying to protect her and like kind of giving some sound advice occasionally. And then you have people like Stephanie who are like only calling tarot card readers for advice. And you're like, you don't have one friend in your life who is like, bitch, fly home. You need to get your shit together. No, no. This tarot card reader was like, I've seen in the stars you've always had a connection with Harris. Oh, and it's my like, God. Oh, what a terrible friend you are. Uh, man. Yeah. The I, I, I'm curious about Stephanie stabbing the balloon is you're, you have to go. Is the producer slash camera crew going, Stephanie, why don't you walk around the apartment and talk to yourself and reflect on your experience? Or is she just doing this? <laughs> unprompted I, I don't think that the cameras being there is unrelated because like that you know obviously when, turns stuff on in people but yeah you know when like you're at a bar and you're like single and a guy that you like is gonna be there and you're like eh, you can you're not sure if they're looking at you but they could be looking at you and so maybe you're like putting it on a little bit more yeah yeah when you're talking to someone else I feel like that's what's happening with Stephanie where she's like oh I'm so mad and I'm gonna do something crazy that'll probably end up in the episode like it's that kind of vibe (laughs) yeah that's a good point oh I missed that what a (sighs) what a fun feeling that you just it's I mean it's awful it's a self-conscious like thing but like just flirting is so funny and then your friend's like he's not looking at you and you're like yeah he's not I'm gonna go cry in the bathroom put your boobs down yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Um, like you let's relax. talk about this whole uh, what's it called? Julia wedding dress situation. Woo! Back on mullet mom's side, you guys. One hundred percent. I ride or die this episode, mullet mom. I this is the episode where everyone up. is proven right between the both of us. I got my Serena P, and you got your mullet mom, and I'm so Thank happy you. for both of us. Thank you. Yes, it's true. This is what we're here for. These journeys with these women are making us feel things, and it is hilarious. I we see that. Julia wants to go wedding dress shopping and she only wants to go with Brandon because Brandon is her friend and she was so cute and she was like in Russia we go wedding dress shop with friend like she's trying to make a case for Brandon's mom not to go and Brandon's mom so sweetly is like I don't have a daughter I just want to go I would have fun I'm not going to be a pain and if you've seen any other goddamn show like this or even say yes to the dress usually moms have a terrible annoying agenda of like wanting sleeves or wanting some sort of crazy thing incorporated or you want them to wear your old dress and all brandon's mom wants to do is just go shopping and once they get there brandon and julia and brandon's mom brandon's like just keep your fucking mouth shut he's like so mean to her he's like it's the most like he's manned up the entire season and he's like just don't he's like nose to nose with his mother and he's like don't share your opinion okay I don't want you to ruin this and then tanks the entire experience by being completely unmoved by every dress that she comes out in and he's silent he's like flopping around with again his t-shirt where the arms are somehow getting smaller every time it shows him like he's such a little wimp and and like the mom is trying to like follow the rules and is not giving her opinion even though you could see she likes a lot of these and would just be a positive supportive presence she's like trying to respect her dumbass son and I think the the I just feel for her so much. I am team mullet mom. What did you think? <laughs> I okay, so this is so interesting to me because I've debated in my head, do I want Mike to see a wedding dress before I walk down the aisle? Cuz obviously the tradition is no, it's bad mm. luck, whatever. But Mike likes to do this really funny, hilarious thing where <laughs> he <laughs> compares my outfits to like a masseuse or you know someone in a dentist office or just like really creative um jokes that um no one is paying him for he's just saying them in his free time because he amuses himself and many times I've said you know maybe maybe no jokes about this outfit and he just like can't hold back can't hold himself back. can't help yeah. it and I can see yeah. it it's a, the thing is we're at the point where I even if he's not saying it because he's respecting what I asked I can see in his face that there's a joke and I'm like all mm. right just tell me what it is just fine I'll let out. me even just see if I can out. you know if I can beat it maybe like what I, it's just so <laughs> unhealthy um and we just have you know like I I enjoy fashion and he doesn't even know what fashion is so I just have like exactly. a little bit more wild taste than he does so I would um, one of my biggest fears is that I would pick a wedding dress that I love that like all my girlfriends and my mom love think it's great and I walk down the aisle and I can just tell that he thinks it's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of people being like he was smiling he was just beaming and then looking back at you and you're scowling because you know that it's a joke smile and not (laughs) not anything else Oh, that's scary. So what are you going to do? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> I'm gonna and the, probably what's gonna happen is like I'm gonna pick something that I think is like simple that he won't make fun of and he will probably like not like it and then I'll get mad and then we'll, there's just no absolutely no way I'm not gonna get into like a million fights about a wedding that's just the way I am like I cried at my bat mitzvah because they did the photo montage before like my grand entrance and I was like that's not the order that we told them to do and I was like crying so this is just the person that I am and everyone just has to deal with it there's nothing I can do so I don't know he's just gonna have to get on board but also it's like wedding dresses are such a weird thing they're I can't tell are they supposed to be sexy are they supposed to make you feel like a princess like there's such a strange thing that you would never wear otherwise and there's so many, there's different dresses that you would wear for different, fu- to satisfy different people. Like there's the thing that's going to make you feel the most, the most like special and romantic or what you feel that you're, there's another outfit that then you think that your fiance would love the most. And then there's another dress that you think that your parents would respond to the most. Like there's so many options. There's so many people who are going to see it and everybody's going to have a fucking opinion. And to try and satisfy all of that at once while still feeling good and beautiful is like a pretty tall order. And I do think, I I think there has to be a healthy middle ground between the women who are like, I don't give a fuck what my husband thinks. <laughs> like, this is about me. And I'm and like, good for them. I wish I could have that that same attitude. But like, there's got to be also and then and then you and then there's a middle ground between that and then the person who's like, I just want to make sure that my uh, like my husband's dreams come true when he sees me coming down the aisle. Like mm-hmm. some middle ground where you're like, he's going to like this or not make fun of it and say I look like a dentist. Like, <laughs> there's got to be some middle ground. I, but I I think I've thought about showing Tony like four or five very basic silhouettes and being like what do you respond to because then if he does point to a ball gown and it's like this would make you look like a stupid like Disney princess right I would be like great I'll steer clear of that in general but I also like will ask Tony if a meal has too much salt in it and he'll be like I don't know I don't know what salt is so the idea of also quizzing him and getting him to use his words on a on in a realm where he knows is a total blind spot for him and he wouldn't want to give me answers that's that's where my fight would happen I would think I'd be like just give me an inch just give me an inch and he'd be like I don't know I don't know what salt is and then that's that's where our fight is happening there was this video a while ago it was like a TikTok video where this girl was having her boyfriend like judge wedding dresses and the scale was completely all over the place like there was no sense to anything he was saying because he clearly like didn't know how to judge anything or describe what he liked or anything and I thought it was so funny and I sent it to this like group text that I have with like four guys and four girls in it and the girls all thought it was funny and the guys were like what's the problem like they didn't get it and so I'm to me it's like I don't even know what men are supposed to feel about wedding dresses and I don't think that they do either and I don't think that they have any way to communicate (laughs) a good like what a good version of it is and so it's just going to be a huge problem and we'll get past it that's all I'm saying (laughs) it's shocking to me I would hope that Mike and Tony and a lot of guys out there in Brandon's shoes would at least smile more in this scene. Like, he can't even bring himself to sit up fucking straight. Like, I, and thinking about it now, Tony also has terrible posture, so he might not either. But his face would at least be animated while I would come, he'd be like, yeah, and would raise his eyebrows. And Brandon is, like, comatose. 
And the mom is like clearly wanting to respond and like say that she likes things. And that's like all Julia wants. And he can't even do that. Like, just just be act happy, even if you're bored. Just fucking buck up. This girl has nothing like she flew all the way here. I could make a whole case for Julia right now. Yeah, I thought it was cute Uh. to see Julia and Brandon's mom have like a little interview together where they were like, he's not helpful. He's not excited. This sucks. You know, I was like, oh, this is nice. This is a cool pairing for once. (laughs) I did think that was cute. It was. (sighs) Did we see? I feel like we saw a little bit more of Yara this episode, right? And. Mm -hmm. Though my one thought about it is, and I, I used to think Jovi was fine or harmless at the beginning of the season, and now they have that engagement party. He does leave her stranded, and she has to fend for herself, and Yara does what I'm sure you and I and a lot of fucking women have had to do several times, and just like grin and bear it in a social situation where you are very uncomfortable, and you just have to be smiling and making conversation with people, even if inside you're like, oh my god, this is so awkward, I don't know anybody, I just want a break, like my face hurts from fake smiling, I just need like two seconds of a break, and Jovi doesn't come save her at any time. The next day... Like when they're sober, it's all like, you know, hindsight 2020. Even then, Jovi doesn't apologize for that. And that makes him a fucking psychopath. Like you could still have the fight and still say sorry. Like you could still go, listen, I'm sorry. I, I saw you smiling out of the corner of my eye. So I never thought you needed saving. I've been in that situation too. I've been on both sides of that situation where you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize you needed to be saved because I, I just, I, you were, you looked like you were having a good time. And then for Yara to go, no, I wasn't having a good time. I really needed you to like, just come and give me a break for two seconds. And he's like, well, I didn't know that. Say sorry. Just say sorry. You like, I don't, how do you not say sorry? I feel bad. Sorry. Like, insane person. Bad person. Don't like you, Jovi. You are not harmless. You're a bad person. I'm scared. <laughs> like, yeah, I not, feel not like there's just so many guys that, like, don't – you can't bring them to care, you know? And and the, the biggest difference in, like, a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship is that when you hurt someone's feelings, they actually care and they, like, apologize <laughs> and they try to do something yeah. about it. And, like – None of these relationships are like that on this show. And I, I there's just nothing <laughs> like I've just had to learn in therapy that like there's just nothing you can do if that's the dynamic. Like it is what it is and it's never gonna be different. And that's so it's such like, a good point. You know, like there's not like my therapist will be like, there's things you can train men to do, like you can give them like positive rewards for certain behaviors but the basic foundation of training them is that you have they have to care about whether or not you're happy so like if they don't care you're completely fucked (laughs) yeah he doesn't care that's that's exactly it that's a very good point because I would care so much I would care so much even if it wasn't my partner if it was just a friend I would be like oh I'm so sorry that you had a not great time I care about how you feel like I if you and I went to a party and then later you were like Taylor that was really awkward for me I'd be like oh fuck I'm so sorry I yeah I want you as my friend Alyssa to have a good time Jovi doesn't care about Yara no. he don't care about her she's <laughs> mad at him yeah oh wait okay so one last thing I wanted to ask about so oh, in yes. this oh I can't even remember Hazel is that her name 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. I yeah. can't remember. Hazel her and name. Tarek, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Hazel and Tarek. She's saying like they're shopping for a girlfriend, and she's like, "I don't want just a girlfriend. It's not just for sex. I want like a sister or a best friend." And I'm like, "This is so. I just need to like untangle those relationships from sex no. for you. I don't. I did that. Did did you hear that the same way that I did? Oh, I heard it. Yeah, it was very <laughs> troubling. I would. Ooh. <laughs> it was not good uh and especially because i was i i kind of want to champion hazel when she is asking for what she wants and for her coming out and saying she's bisexual she wants a relationship with a man and a woman i want to like be here for her and supporting that because i think it's cool i but when she says shit like that i'm confused because then i go what are what are (laughs) you really looking for like you like do or is that to me that you really just want a female partner. Like, is, yeah. that, is that sort of what you're saying? Or do you want friends? Like, you want yeah. female healthy relationships in your life. It really kind of split the difference in a way that that wasn't clear to me and was a little uncomfortable. For sure. Uh, so it really, it really took it up a notch that was like, yeah, this is beyond just sex. This is you either really want a partner partner or you want just like a the gaggle of girlfriends to go to brunch with and I, I don't know Let's, and there's like I a lot it. of steps in between both of those things and I'm like very confused how they're somehow all jumbled up <laughs> in her mind and I I would just you know I hope that she figures it out it seems like it seems very <laughs> confusing all of it to me I'm like you can have a group of girls that you don't sleep with or you could just have a girlfriend like either way is totally fine you don't have to and you can have both but you can't have both in one I don't know like you can't have a sister who you're boning with your boyfriend uh it's it's uh maybe let's just hope that there's a language barrier unless there that's you're like, like helping her yeah not that's true that's so true clearly. i was gonna say unless you're like a playboy bunny i feel like hugh hefner has done that before where he dates two sisters at once <laughs> that's possible maybe that's what she wants i don't know i'm unclear <laughs> Yeah, I hope she finds it. I want her to be happy. Me we, too. Both Tony and I really love Tarek. We think he's so, he's just. Uh, he's just trying he's his just best. Seems, he's trying his best and he is, he does care about how she feels. This yes. is one of the only relationships where I think he is making an effort to make her happy and to make her comfortable. And he's just wears his heart on his sleeve and is just such a straightforward guy and we we get a real kick out of him he's darling when when that horrible zoom call ended with like the two women fighting and he just goes well that did not go well I don't think it's so <laughs> you don't think you don't think so you don't think, you don't think? <laughs> oh man what a gift what a gift um oh my gosh I think that's it for today Alyssa yeah I think we got everything I think crazy that's, I think that's it. there's some fun oh, like man. new reality stuff coming out there's a like re- Andy Cohen hosted like <gasps> yes. docuseries for real or something about the history of reality TV which you bet your ass we're gonna be watching oh yeah baby. what else there's Even the real the world re- are so good yeah yeah the real world reunion looks nuts it, it looks like fucking we're so ahead of our time because it was hit, it's hitting all of the points that we made in our real world episode about how relevant so many of the things that came up like 20 years ago still are um so that looks pretty juicy oh and one Um, last thing i just wanted to end on really quick i heard that smize cream of one tyra (laughs) banks is now being sold in santa monica at the building (gasps) where model land was supposed to be and it's eight dollars and 25 cents for a half pint (laughs) holy shit we might have to hunt some of that smize cream down and let you guys know how it is 
Oh, yeah. No way I'm not doing that, baby. That's exciting. (laughs) 